First question. Um, when are your children's birthdays? Oh, there it is uh, <laughs> December 31st, thir- 2013, and May 19th, 2011. Oh, very good. 10-18-21 for Georgia, and 3-10-20 for Soraya. <laughs> <laughs> getting pelted here. <laughs> Who are your children's best friends? Oh... Josiah, oh, <laughs> and oh <no. laughs> they have best friends. <laughs> I don't know. Zaria's um, best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Quinn Clark. What are your children's blood types? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> oh goodness, I have no idea. <laughs> I deserve that one. <laughs> um, what advice oh. do you have for other dads? What advice? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say just to enjoy it, enjoy all the moments. You know, uh, give them your time. And those are all the questions we have. Oh, <laughs> Danny, that was you. <laughs> for you, Nathan. There it is. Uh, happy Father's Day. I don't mean to brag or anything, but uh, yeah, that's right, my section one. It wasn't rigged, I promise. I'm glad that you are here. Happy Father's Day. Thanks for, uh, for coming and joining us today. Um, it is my privilege to get to speak on this day. I love Father's Day because everybody gets to dote on me and uh, they do, do what I want to do, right? I told my family I kind of wanted a nap, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I pray that uh, your Father's Day is blessed and you have a great day today. Thanks for joining us, everybody online. I was thinking as I was preparing for this message for fathers, I was thinking just about men in general and just the different the things that set men apart. And, and one of the things I was thinking is, um, what? because I've seen a few movies lately, I'm like, well, I wonder what the top movie genres are for men. Uh, what would you say if I was going to ask you that question? What do you think of the top movie genres? Action and... I, I, I didn't hear everything, but, but the, the, uh, the top two, and it's really a tie, uh, number one would be this, comedy. As you can see with people getting hit in the face with water bottles, we like comedy, and, and I started thinking, like, why do I like comedy so much? And it's because I am such a phenomenal comedian. My jokes as a father are just above every other joke, right? Right, children? Oh, man. Isn't it our goal in life, dads, is, is not, not necessarily a laugh, but more of that, ugh. Like, for instance, two sheep walked into a, bah. Yes, see, the laughter, that, like, awkward, was that the joke? Was it, that's what I'm going for. I am so good at sleeping, I can do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> boom, boom, off stage. We like comedy because, dads, we are comedians. Um, it just, I, I love comedy. It makes me laugh. Uh, there you go. Um, no pun intended there. Um, the other one, and we guessed it, would be, uh, the other movie genre would be action adventure. Because we see ourselves in those action movies. There's been, uh, there, there's one, an older movie, but a, a recent uh, number sequel came out. A movie called Top Gun. And when the music plays... I'll say that again. When the music plays, right? Come on. Who's with me? Come on. Here we go. It's the action. When I hear this music, I'm in the cockpit of an F-18 fighter, and I'm heading off to defeat the enemy. Woo! 
that energy. And they, we love adventure because we see ourselves in that adventure. It's where we want to be. It's, it's the highway to the danger zone. War movies, westerns, uh, fighter pilots, all this stuff. It's just, it's where I, I want to be in life. But, but here's the deal. I want the action adventure, but it seems that everything I fight for in my life is for my comfort. Like, it's, at the end of the day, like, I want it, but at the same time, I just, I just want to be comfortable. And, and we fight so hard to get out of adventure. And I think there's a dangerous place that, that we can get sometimes when we live life in safety and comfort, because that's not where we were intended to live. My, my question to you, and it's not just life, but it's about uh, just serving Jesus. Here's the question I want to pose. Has your faith become safe? I want you to think about that for a second. Has your faith become safe? Has it become too comfortable? Have you lost that adventure? I want to challenge you to get that back. We see a lot of men disengaging from the modern church because you know, we've lost some adventure in it. It's not like the church's fault. I'm not blaming the church, but we as guys, are like we fought for comfort, and, and here we sit. We're doing a lot of things to re-engage our guys in our church. We have a, some men's adventures, things we're going to do this summer. Every guy, when you leave, we have a, an invite for you. This Saturday, we're doing a cornhole tournament, hanging out with guys. We've got a hike coming up. We've got different things that we want to engage you uh, to be part of. But we want to challenge you to be back on the adventure, not just guys, but every single person in this room. I encourage you. And here's my main point for this message. God is calling us to a great adventure. God is calling us to live a life and live a faith of great adventure. It's time to step out of the comfort zones and the safety and into what God is calling us to. If you have your Bible, open up to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to dig into a, a word and a challenge that Paul gives to Timothy that's anything but safe, anything but comfort, but so exciting and where I want to live. Before I read God's word, would you bow with me as we pray? Lord, thank you for saving each and every one of us, for dying on the cross for us. God, I pray that we would no longer live for ourselves, but live open-handed to you. God, whatever you want to do, in your words, in these words that you've given us, may we find life and may it change us by the renewing of our mind through your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So Paul is writing to Timothy. He calls Timothy his spiritual son, so it's fitting on Father's Day we jump into this. Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy was a young man who, who rose up in the early church and became quite a leader at a, at a young age. And Paul uh, and, and the, the crew there anointed Timothy and challenged him, commissioned Timothy to go be a pastor, go lead in a local church, which was a church in Ephesus. It's where we get the book uh, Ephesians. Paul wrote them a letter. He challenged Timothy. They sent him off. And now uh, Paul is, is writing to Timothy saying, Timothy, I'm challenging you to step up because the church in Ephesus needs your leadership, needs you to live on fire, live differently. They were dealing with a lot of things in, in Ephesians and in, the, in uh, the, the church in Ephesus. Uh, some of the things were that these false teachers were rising up and splitting the church over minute doctrinal issues. They were splitting the church and they were going, going away. And, 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 and they, they had, uh, the church in Ephesus had a lot of money, had wealth. And what was happening is that there was this church split and divisions over those who had and those who had not. And, and Paul is, is looking at Timothy and saying, Timothy, this church, if it's going to survive... 
If it's going to give Christ a good name, it needs you to step up. It needs you to lead. He says stuff in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 like this. Timothy, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young, but be an example to all believers. And then one of my favorites, he says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Throw yourself, go get it. That's the adventure. Don't get in your comfort, but go lead. And as he writes to Timothy and challenges them on how to do all sorts of things like appoint leadership and deacons and elders and how the church should be run, as he closes this first letter to Timothy, Paul says these words. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. I like to put my name in there sometimes. I know it's not written to me, it's written to Timothy, but through Timothy, I get something. So I, 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 put, I want you to put your name in there too. But you, Adam, but you, whatever your name is, uh, are a man of God. And here's what he says. So run from all these things, these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. Paul is writing to Timothy and saying, Timothy, go get him. Do it. One of the things I love to do when I, when I do Bible studies is, is to go through and, and uh, focus on or underline or, or uh, highlight verbs, action words. Verbs are, are words that, that are used to express action. I like that because I'm desiring action. So what do you want me to do? And when I read scripture, there's a lot of verbs there that, that challenge us. And what I want to do in this time that we have together is to focus on a few action words that Paul is challenging Timothy with. And in turn, challenging you and I. Dads, men, women, moms, kids, whoever you are, God is challenging you. Paul is challenging you through his writing to live the life of adventure. And I want to look at four in particular because we see four in two verses, four powerful action words that we're called to. The first one, Paul says, is this. He says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these things. What he says is, is run, flee. He says, flee. Talk about a great action to start with, right? Retreat. <laughs> we all want to live in retreat, don't we? Like, wait, I thought this was action. Listen, when we, when we talk about these actions, we start with fleeing and running, not because retreat is weak, but retreat is very strategic. Fleeing, running, this isn't necessarily retreating from a battle, but running to fight another day. I did some, I was studying, I like, I love uh, war movies and military history, and, and I was reading, and, and I just, I just Googled um, great military retreats. We, we like to talk about the battles and the victories, but there's entire uh, books and web pages uh, dedicated to telling the story of great military retreats. When times they, they, they flee. I, I like, uh, I love the Revolutionary War period uh, of the many. That's one that I love to study. I, the, the, uh, the great president and general, George Washington, leading a fledgling nation who had no business beating a global superpower. No right to beat them into great military battle. But before he had great military victories, he had some strategic defeats. This is a painting depicting of the retreat over the East River when they were pinned. He didn't tell his men to charge and attack because he knew that, that he would lose his army. He had 9,000 men 
retreated across the river to fight another day, and you know the rest of the story because we're here today. He saved 9,000 souls from a strategic military retreat, fleeing. There, there's a book, and, and you probably haven't read it. I've read some of it, but I'm, I I'll be honest, I haven't read the whole thing. It's The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And, and he writes this. He will win who knows when to fight and when not to fight. Here's what Paul is saying. We need the wisdom to understand there are some battles in life that are not worth fighting. He says, flee these things. Don't engage the enemy in these areas because if you do win, you're not going to win anything that's worth it. If you win at all. What Paul is telling Timothy is, Timothy, you need to understand that we have to choose these right battles. Choose the battle to fight. Here's a truth I need you to catch. There are things in this life that you may think you're strong enough to handle, but they are not worth the fight. They are not worth you engaging into. You, you, you put whatever you want there. Maybe it's stuff we're watching or listening to. Maybe it's places we go, people we hang out with, stuff we're fighting for, we're giving our life for. We need to analyze it and inspect our lives and say, are, are these things that I'm fighting for worth my effort and my time? Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, there are some th- these evil things in life. Flee. Go the other way. Don't even engage because it will destroy you faster than you know. In context, because I love reading Scripture in context, that's how it should be read. He's talking about several things, and he just got done teaching about the love of money and how it's the root of all kinds of evil. And then, then a few verses later, he says, Timothy, flee from these things. We have a tendency to fight for more money, more wealth, more stuff, more comfort. He says, That's not, you're not going to win. It's the root of all kinds of evil. Listen, I understand we're in a, in a, in a, in a time when inflation is high and, and finances are tough for a lot of people. I get it. We need to work. We need to go after but there's a big difference between working to provide for our needs and working to provide, to, to get more money, to get more stuff, to get more comfort. He says, flee from that. Don't fight after those things. It'll lead you down the wrong path. He says, Timothy, I want you to flee. Timothy, I want you to stay away from these things. It's not a retreat so much as it's choosing your battle and knowing what to run from. He starts with the action word of flee, run. And the next one, he says, he says, after he says flee, he says, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. He says, now, Timothy, I want you to pursue. And he doesn't just say, I want you to run after. Because this word pursue doesn't just say a, a momentary a, a run after, a, a momentary target. What it says, it, it's a lifelong, until I call you home, pursuit. And he doesn't just say, Timothy, Go run. Do good. He gives him six specific targets to hit. When you are out doing target practice, you need a bullseye or a target to know what to aim at. That way you know if you're hitting it. If you have no target, you're just shooting aimlessly into the air. And he says, Timothy, I'm not just going to tell you to pursue. I'm going to tell you these six things are worth giving your life for. And I'm going to look at these really briefly. The first one he says is, Timothy, I want you to pursue righteousness. Righteousness is this. It's the state of him who is as he ought to be. He says, Timothy, 
I want you to pursue righteousness as God has called you. I call this integrity, living a life of purity, of holiness before God. That I live with that integrity in my life, and I'm doing the right thing. That is a target worth pursuing. Here's a scripture that I've been thinking a lot about, being that it's Father's Day. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. I'm thankful I have a dad who lived with integrity. I know that's not the case for everybody. But listen, when we fight for integrity, we're fighting for a legacy to pass on to our children and our grandchildren. You can start that when you live and walk in your integrity. He says, Timothy, pursue righteousness. He says, Timothy, pursue godliness. And this is a little different than, than, uh, than, than integrity and purity and holiness. Godliness, if you look up this word, is really a holiness or a reverence and deep respect for God. It's this awe of God. That God, you are huge, you are awesome. We say a lot of things are awesome, like a movie. I went to see Top Gun, it was awesome. But we don't use the same awesome when we're talking about God. When we talk about God, awesome is that I'm weak in my knees. I fall before you. You are, wow, I have no words. The holiness, that holy fear of how holy our God is. He says, pursue. Every day, wake up and say, God, challenge me to be in awe of you again today. That I see you in these things. Oh, God, you are awesome. It's godliness. He says, pursue faith. This word of faith is not so much the faith for healings or a faith to move mountains, but a faith that's secure in who, I, who, who, who Christ is. It's a faith of an unwavering stance on the word of God and what I believe. Unwavering, unflinching. God, I believe you are truth, and my faith rests on that. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, draw a big target on faith, and you go after that. Pursue it. He says, pursue love. Pursue love. We just finished an entire series on loving fiercely. Go back and listen to it on how to love God, how to love our spouse, how to love our family, how to love our community. Love. I won't spend a lot of time on it, but we set a target on there and how we represent Christ and how we love those around us. The fifth one is set a big target on perseverance, endurance. I love the definition when you look up this word. It's a, it, it, the definition of perseverance is this, a person who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and suffering. By even the greatest trials, you're not going to get me to budge. And I know you know, because we're all human, we've lived on this planet long enough, there is a lot of things that are going to try to get you to budge. A lot of difficulties, a lot of things that are going to tell you when to quit. Perseverance is saying, no, I'm going to keep going. That's my target That's what I'm going to pursue. And finally, gentleness. He says, pursue gentleness. This one, when you think of gentleness, it can kind of come across as a weakness. But think about this. You can't be gentle uh, when you have no strength. You can only be gentle when you have the ability to be strong. It's, It's like when you're standing next to this giant of a person, and they could squash you like a bug. Yet, you're safe next to them. Gentleness is this. It's power under control. Think about this. It's power under control. We're going to go into a series starting next week of the, of the fruit of the spirits. Gentleness is one of it. We're going to get deeper into that. But Paul looks at Timothy and says, if you want to get a target and know what to pursue, there's six things right there. Think about one of those you're going to pursue. 
Guys, gals, everyone in this room, what are you going to pursue? Paul's right into Timothy. Action, verb, pursue. He says flee, he says pursue. Number three, he says this, fight. Now we're talking, right? Fight. I'm ready to fight. He says fight the good fight for the true faith. You know, I've grown up in the church, and I've heard this term a lot. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight, brother. And it's great to hear. I've heard it a hundred times. But what does that mean? Fight the good fight. Like, I don't have a... What? If you study this, and this is where I start to not like this so much anymore. It's this. It's literally translated, agonize the good agony. Anybody ready to fight now? Agonize the good agony? What? Well, this word agon is, is, is Greek for entering into a competition like the Olympics or boxing. To agonize, then, is to enter in and fight till you got nothing left. You're going to keep going. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to slow down. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says this, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? And I just picture Paul saying it this way, So run to win! Come on! Run to win! I, I, I love sports and, and, you know, ESPN, the 30 for 30s, and these moments where you're like, yeah, let's do this. Anybody with me? I, I watched the other day this, uh, uh, this video of, of, a, of a gal. Her name's Holland, and she's running a race. She's in high All school. All the way through giving for her teammates. She's, she's running across country. She's got 30 meters to go. And she's got nothing left in the tank. Holding together so, so well. Oh, boy, we about five meters. Inches from the finish line. There's a decision here. If she gets assistance, of course, this is this decision time. They're asking her how she's feeling. This is cross country. If they touch her, that would be disqualified her. So they're asking her, can you make it? And look at her. Such a courageous effort trying to cross that finish. The crowd is giving her all they can here at the finish. As soon as she crosses, they will scoop her up and take her to the medical tent right away. Nothing left in the tent. And there she did it. And she crawls across the finish line. Because if they touched her, she'd be disqualified. And that coach was there. You got it. You got two feet to go. They, they interviewed her after this. She was immediately taken to the hospital and given fluids. And, and she, they, they, she was really close to it, just a total collapse. She had nothing left. And they asked her, what, what possessed you to go that last few inches and, and she says something that doesn't blow you away or, or deep or mind-boggling, but she says these words. It never occurred to me that I wouldn't finish. You have to finish because that's the point. Whatever it takes, when, run when you can, walk if you have to, crawl if you must, just never give up. Fight the good fight. Agonize the great agony. Keep going. You entered this battle for a reason. And it's not going to be easy. There are going to be moments when you have nothing left. You're down on the ground. And you've got to tell yourself, i got to fight. i got to keep going. i got to dig. i got to dig deep. And i got to keep going. Here's the truth. We don't get to choose whether or not in this life there will be challenges. But we can choose what we agonize over, where our goals are. See, if you're fighting for, for money or comfort, when you fall near the finish line, there's going to be nothing to tell you to keep going. But when we understand our target to fight for is the good fight, the fight of faith, when the world is against you, you'll have something in you to keep crawling. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that, that they're within, they have nothing left. And they say, but this is the one thing that will keep me going is Jesus Christ. Fight the good fight. 
He says, flee. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to pursue. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to fight the good fight. And finally, action word number four. He says, I want you to take hold. I want you to grab. He says this, hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. He says, take hold. Grab on. I want to paint this picture for you. There are things in life that we can grab and hold on to and things we can hold but hold loosely. The problem is we have a tendency to hang tightly to the things that don't matter and hold loosely to the things that do. Sometimes we get the wires crossed here. Things like this. This is my word. This is the word of God. And I hold it loosely, but I hang on to my comfort and my safety. And yeah, this is what I want. This is the American dream. I want to challenge you to swap that, to hold tightly to this and hold loosely to everything else that doesn't have eternal matters. It doesn't mean anything. A hill of beans in eternity. Hold tightly to the faith which you confessed. Grip the right thing. See, we, a lot of times we grip power and possessions and we hang on to it like it means something. But when we're busy, the word of God, ah, I'll hold that loose. I'll get to it in a minute. Listen, that needs to be swapped. God, I'm for you. I'm fighting for this. And everything else I sing is not all bad. I, 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 I want to have a car and a house and be able to afford stuff. But if all of that was taken tomorrow, God, your word is never shaken. And that's what I will hang on to. Paul looks at Timothy and says, Timothy, I want you to flee. I want you to pursue. I want you to fight. I want you to take hold. Action. Go get it. Move towards it. Go after it. And through telling Timothy that, I'm telling you, flee, pursue, fight, take hold. This is the faith which we, which we have been called to. And the only thing that is going to have eternal consequences. Guys, we want action adventure. But let me ask you this question. Has your faith become safe? Has your pursuit of God just been about your safety? I'm comfortable. If so, that's not what I read here. Is, is what you're clinging to and pursuing uh, uh, the pursuit of happiness? That's the declaration of independence, not the word of God. God has not called us to comfort and safety. He's called us to adventure, which is a little bit risky, but it is worth it. Because there are people dying who need hope. And I can't afford to sit around and be in my comfort anymore. i got to live for him. My family depends on it. This world depends on us as believers saying, no, I'm going to live strong for my faith. It's not safe. But it's the best way to live. When I was a kid, my dad would often wrangle us three boys somehow in some way and sit us down and and read to us Uh, it happened every once in a while and in the midst of his reading we would wrestle because we're boys i remember one of the greatest injuries i ever had was while he was trying to read and my brother and i were wrestling and i hit my head in the coffee table in a long story um he would somehow get the words through one of the books that i vividly remember him reading was is a series called the chronicles of narnia you ever read those if you haven't 
C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors. In the book, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I'm sure you've heard of it, but I want to reiterate to you. The four children have entered into Narnia and are being introduced to the world in Narnia, which is corresponding to our faith. And they meet the beavers. And the beavers are telling them about this person named Aslan, that he is, he's, he's this lion, and he's our king. And, and Lucy, the, the, the youngest, gets a little bit frightened and said, we have to go meet a lion? Is, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver responds, safe? Who said anything about safe? He's not safe, but he's good. The same thing is true with our faith. Look at me. No one said anything about safety in following Christ, but it's worth it. There's no greater life that I know of than serving Jesus, even when everything else tells me to quit. Because someday I'm going to stand in heaven before God, and I don't want to say, God, I got all the nice things. I want to say, God, I gave you my life. My life is yours to spend how you will. And I'm telling you, in that is the adventure. Church, we are called to this great adventure. Men, fathers, look at me. You are called to a great adventure. Let's do this. Let's not shrink back. Let's not fight for the wrong things, but let's go after it with a tenacity. I'll ask one more time as I close. Has your faith become safe? If so, it's time to step up, flee, pursue, fight, take hold. Let's go after this thing. That is the great challenge and the great adventure which you and I get to be part of. Man, it's like getting into the cockpit of an F-18. Like, yes, let's do this thing. We have a tendency to want to be comfortable, but let's get back in that cockpit and go after it. Go fight. Let's go live for Christ. Because that is what a dying world needs to see. Amen? That is the challenge. It's what we get to be part of. I want to close this way. That is our challenge, and I want you to think about each of those things. But because it's Father's Day, I'm going to, dads, I'm going to put you on the spot for a moment. Dads, can I have you stand for a moment, for a moment in this room? I know, all of a sudden, everyone's going to look at you. Dads, will you stand? If you're a father in this place, grandfather, I want to say this, dads. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for loving your family. Thank you for serving. Thank you for showing up. I know you've not been perfect. I haven't. But here's what I know. God is calling you. He's got a call on your life to lead your family to love your children, no matter what circumstance you're in, what that looks like, to lead strong, to get to work loving. I want to say this blessing and prayer over you. We read in Scripture, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart to all of you dads. Dads, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 
I pray a blessing over each of you. God has a plan. Let's go do this. Can I have everybody else stand with me now as I close? Church, God is calling us to the great adventure, to the challenge of living for him. What is one thing you're going to do this week differently? Think about these four points. Every single person in this room, what is one thing you're going to do differently? What is something you've got to start fleeing from that you've been fighting for and it's a battle that you're not going to win because you can't? What is something that you need to start fleeing from? What are you going to pursue? They gave us six virtues. We're going to go all summer long on some incredible virtues to pursue. What are you going to draw a target on and go after? Let's do this. To fight the good fight of faith and not give up. Agonize the great agony and don't quit. Don't quit. Keep going. If you have to crawl, crawl. But don't stop. Fight the good fight. Hold tightly to the things that matter matter for eternity. Your word. The word of God in your life. Hold tightly to things that matter. Hold loosely to things that don't. What is one thing? Everybody look at me. One thing. Everybody online, look at me. One thing you're going to do this week differently. That's all I ask. Well, listen, that's part of living the great adventure. Let me pray a blessing over you as we, as, we, as we close. Would you bow with me? Lord, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for calling us. Thank you that you didn't call us into safety and comfort because that in and of itself is empty. But you called us to this great adventure, the only place we will find true contentment, the only place we'll find purpose. God, I pray, and I know so many in this room, there's been a lot of reasons to quit. A lot of reasons we don't think we measure up, that we fall short, that we feel empty. But God, I pray you'd begin to fill us with your spirit and your power to go live the adventure that you're calling us to live. Men, women, children in this room, every single person, those watching online, God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would encourage them. Be the lifter of their head. Challenge us to go out into this world and live boldly for our faith. Where it is you're calling us to go, how we love our spouse, how we love our, 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 our children, how we love our community, but most of all, how we love you. God, if anybody in this room does not yet know you, may they, may they, they, they hear that call, that invitation to follow you and live that true life. God, we love you. We praise you. I pray a blessing over every father. Give them strength to keep going encouragement to keep on fighting. I thank you for this day. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I want to thank you for being here this morning. If you have a chance before you leave, if you take the connection card and fill that out, put a prayer request, maybe say, hey, I'm in. Maybe tell me, respond, let me know what you're going to be challenged with. If you're online, do it online. If you have your app, fill out the connection card before you leave today. 
well, you know, God, God bless you. May his favor rest on you. Have an awesome day. Let's go do this. God bless.